Greetings in Jesus' name. The message you are about to listen to is brought to you from Impact Church, located along Parker Road at Polvi House, third floor, Westlands, Nairobi. Our vision is to be a church for those tired of business as usual. You can contact us on plus 254-710-640-240. For further details, visit our social media pages, Impact Church KE1. The kingdom of God is not a matter of words, but power. Welcome to a life-transforming message by Pastor Andrew Mutan. And washed in his blood. So we are getting into the word of God right now. And today is an amazing day. Today is the Palm Sunday. Glory to God. It is a day when Jesus cried to the temple. And the Bible says that as he walked into the temple, he found men who were selling um, and they were, they were selling in the house of God. And the Bible says he drove them out and he spoke these words. He says, my house shall be a house of prayer for all nations, but you have turned it into a den of thieves and robbers. And so today we are going to talk about the cross because the cross, we've been talking about the cross and the cross is an altar. And one of the things we have been talking about altars is that altars are portals, altars are gates, altars are places where there is an exchange between humanity and divinity between the natural and the supernatural. If you want to invite the supernatural to come and begin to operate in the natural, you must have an altar. And the greatest altar of all was the cross of Calvary. And this church, we have been talking about the cross for the last three Sundays, and we have talked about the cross of Jesus Christ being a place of power. Last Sunday we said that the cross is the place of dominion because it is the cross that gave us the authority over the devil. The Bible says in the book of 1 John chapter 3 and verse 8 that for this purpose was the Son of God manifest that he may destroy all the works of the evil one. And so today, we are in the Passover week. We are in the week when Jesus Christ was put on the cross. And we are going to, next Sunday, it's going to be Easter Sunday. We're going to be looking at the resurrection. But as we focus on Jesus entering Jerusalem, as he enters Jerusalem, gets into the temple, he was preparing for that time where he was going to be the sacrifice. Now, as we mentioned last Sunday, Jesus Christ was not only the sacrifice, but he was also the high priest that carried his own blood into the Holy of Holies, and he presented it before the Father, and in the place of the Father, that's where he got the victory. And so we are talking about what Jesus Christ did at the cross of Calvary in Jesus' mighty name. So one of the things we also have to realize is that God had to come in the form of a human being. He had to be a man because spirits legally cannot operate on earth. Spirits 
have to be invited by men. And for spirits to operate on earth, they must have a body. And so because God is spirit, he needed a body to come on earth. That's why he was born as a baby and he became God in human form. What we say God incarnate. He was a human being in, in, uh, in, in the form of Jesus Christ. So we must understand that when Jesus Christ came, he's coming as a sacrifice. He knew that there was no other way apart from the cross. There was no other way except the shedding of blood because we talked about sacrifices in the Old Testament. And Jesus fulfilled all the sacrifices. But one of the sacrifices that we, we mentioned was the burnt offering. And the burnt offering had to be co completely consumed. Everything had to be given at the altar. And when Jesus Christ became the burnt offering, he spoke at the end of it all and he said, it is finished. Which means he had paid the ultimate. He had paid the full sacrifice for our sins. And so when we come to the cross of Jesus Christ, we are coming knowing that we have all the victory in Jesus' mighty name. There is no need for us to be afraid of disease, including this COVID-19, including HIV AIDS, including cancer. All these diseases were put under the feet of Jesus Christ. And so that's what we're going to look at that every place there is an altar, it is a place of exchange. Exchange means that there is something that you're giving away and there is something that you're receiving. When we talk about the exchange of the cross, there are certain things that when Jesus Christ offered his body at Calvary, there, there was a reversal. That's why we talked about the Bible saying that for this purpose, the Son of God was manifest to destroy the works of the enemy. And so today, the text we're going to look at is from the book of Romans chapter 5. Wherever you are, I want you to turn with me to the book of Romans chapter 5. And we're going to look at, at, uh, at, at, the, at some scriptures in Jesus' mighty name. So Romans chapter 5, we'll read from verse 12. Romans chapter 5, from verse 12. The Bible says, Therefore as sin came into the world through one man, and death as a result of sin, so death spread to all men, no one being able to stop it or to escape its power because all men sinned, now, the Bible continues to say that sin was in the world before ever the law was given. But sin is not charged to men's account where there is no law to transgress. Yet death held sway from Adam to Moses, even over to those who did not give themselves transgress as Adam did. So Adam was a type of the one who was to come in reverse the former destructive or latter saving i'm reading from the from the amplified let me switch to the king james this is what it says in verse uh, uh 
15. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one, many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift of grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. And not as it was by the one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. For if by one's man offense, death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you once again for your word. I pray that as I share this word today, that Lord, you will minister to us. Let there be an exchange in the lives of your people. Let everything that has been holding them captive be broken in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Now, the first thing that we're going to see that was exchanged at that altar of the cross was sin. When we read, the Bible is saying that sin came into the world by one man and when this man came this man Jesus Christ he came to reverse what the know that the first man was Adam and when Adam came he gave away the keys to dominion when God had created him he gave him dominion over the earth he gave him dominion over everything but when man or when this Adam sinned he gave away the rights to this dominion because he and when sin came into the world we know many other things came as a result of sin and one of those things was shame the other one was sickness poverty and pain when God created the world everything was good but because of sin corruption came into the world bringing death so when Jesus Christ came, the number one thing he came to remove was the power of sin. That's why the Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 6, that sin shall not rule, verse, 13, verse 12, let not sin rule as king in your mortal bodies to make you yield to its cravings and be subject to its lusts and evil passions. Verse 14 says, For sin shall not have dominion over you. So Jesus Christ came to give us dominion over sin. So as a child of God, I have good news for you that you have dominion over sin. Hallelujah. You have dominion. You're not supposed to live under the rule of sin. You're not supposed to live under the dominion of sin. God has given you the power through the cross. Jesus exchanged sin for righteousness. Jesus gave us the gift of righteousness. Righteousness means being in right standing with God. It is not something we earn it's not something we work for. It is something that is imputed on us because of Jesus Christ. Now, we have, we have to understand that righteousness is different from holiness. Holiness is what we do. We have to set ourselves apart because God has called us to a life of holiness. 
But everyone that has surrendered their lives to Jesus Christ is considered righteous before God because of the blood of Jesus Christ. So God gave us righteousness and took away our sin. Number two, at the cross, Jesus took away death because death came as a result of sin. When we read verse 17, the Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 5 that for if by one man's offense, so the first man Adam, when he died, and also when he sinned, God told him the day shall eat of this fruit, you shall die. And the moment he sinned, the Bible says death reigned. Death came into the world. That's why as a child of God, you should never be afraid of death. Death has no power over you. Now, many men are afraid of death. Because they are afraid of death, they are willing to do anything. Sometimes they even will compromise. They will do anything. But the, the death has no power over us. And, I want, and, and there's a time, you know, the day I realize this is true is a day I, I, we were carjacked. We were with another brother. And I, I, that's when I realized that when we are children of God, there is a covering over us. We were carjacked and two guns were put on my head. One was a, a pistol, the other was an AK-47. And we were in this car and these guys were threatening. But something covered me. I remember I was in that car. I was not afraid. I, I, I didn't know what, I, it was just peace. I was so peaceful that these guys even thought I'm probably hiding something. They started checking me up because I was not panicking. I was not afraid. And that's when I realized that in Christ, we have the power over death. Glory to God. In the midst, that's why David says, even if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, glory to God. He says, I will not fear, for thou art with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I came to speak to somebody. Every spirit of death that has been following your life, following your family, let it be broken in the name of Jesus. You will not die, but you will live and declare the works of the living God. You will not die before your time. The Bible says in the book of Exodus, chapter 23, says, I will drive sickness from the midst of you. I will bless your food and your water and, you, and, and I, will, I, will, I will drive sickness from the midst of you. I will give you a full lifespan. I declare it over you in Jesus' name. You shall not die of corona. You shall not die of any pandemic. You shall not die of any disease because God has said he has overcome sickness and death. Death shall not reign over you in Jesus' name. John chapter 10 verse 10, Jesus Christ said the thief comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But I have come that they may have life. Child of God, you need to begin to declare. You need to begin to decree over your life, over your family, that whatever comes against you, you will speak like David, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Right now we are walking through a valley of the shadow of death. We don't know how this virus is moving. We don't know how it's being transmitted. But as a child of God, you should not be afraid. Even if it comes your way, you will not die. Because there is a mandate over your life. There is a work you must do. There is something you must finish. That's why the Bible says in the book of 
Psalms 91, that a thousand shall fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. May that be your portion in Jesus' name. I say, shout amen. For God says, death has been overcome. That's why the Bible says, death, where is your sting? Even when that day comes, when you are when you die as a child of God, when you have done your work, you have served the purpose of God in your generation, it is just going to be a place of passing through. Even when you die, you will keep on living. Glory to God. Because eternal life lives on the inside of you. You're not going to get eternal life when you exit earth. No, 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 no. Eternal life is already in you. That is the beauty of being a child of God. Those who live in him already have eternal life working in them. So you cannot kill somebody who already has life, who has eternity on the inside of them. So we have been saved from death to life. Death to life. There is an exchange. Glory to God. There is an exchange. It's like when you go into a shop and you give money and they give you whatever you've bought. Jesus Christ purchased life for us. He took away the death, the penalty of death, the writing of death, the handwriting that was against us. That's the scripture we read last Sunday in the book of Colossians, that he took this handwriting that was against us and he nailed it on the cross. For, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifest. He destroyed the power of death. Hallelujah. Colossians chapter 2. Let me read this again. Bible says verse 13. And you were dead in trespasses and in the uncircumcision of your flesh. God brought to life together with Jesus Christ. Having freely forgiven us all our transgressions. Having canceled and blotted out and wiped away the handwriting. Thank you. Of the note. With its glory to God. Bible says, having cancelled and blotted out the handwriting of the note with its legal decrees and demands that was in force against us. Bible says he set it and cleared it completely out of the way by nailing it to his cross. Praise the Lord. So death, the power of death has been broken. Number three that we need to see that happened at the cross is that Jesus exchanged the law. He took away the law and gave us grace. Somebody say grace. I say shout grace. Grace means getting what you do not deserve. Unmerited favor. I decree upon your life that you're going to walk in the grace of God. Grace will be multiplied in your life. The grace of God will shine on your way. The grace of God will go before you. The grace of God will, will, will surround you. Why? Because Jesus ushered in grace. Hallelujah. John chapter 1. Let's, let's look at these scriptures. I love the word of God. This is what the Bible says. John chapter 1. Verse 16 and verse 17. John chapter 1, verse 16 and verse 17. The gospel of John. 
uh, we read from verse 12. This is what the Bible says. But as to as many as received him, to them he gave the power to become the sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, as, and, and we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus Christ was full of grace and truth. He came filled with grace. Now, let's move on to verse 16. The Bible says, And of his fullness we have received grace for grace. Someone said grace for grace. Now, understand this. Jesus was full of and the Bible says, and of his fullness we have received. And when you read it, it says, grace for grace. So he was having grace. And now we are filled with grace. And this is not just grace. The Bible says it is grace upon grace. From one measure of grace to another measure of. Let me read it for you in the, in, in the, in the, in the Amplified. It says, for out of his fullness, which means his abundance, because he is full of grace. Grace is abundant. It is overflowing. That's how he came. The Bible says, we have received. Someone say, I have received. As a child of God, I have received the abundance of grace, the fullness of grace. Now, the Bible says this, for out of his fullness, abundance we have all received, all had a share, and were all supplied with one grace after another. And spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing. And even favor upon favor. And gift upon gift. Someone say favor upon favor. Grace upon grace. Spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing. So that there is no reason why you should not overcome in life. There is no reason why you should struggle all your life. There is no reason why you should live in distress and, and disease and, and, and be put down and oppression and depression and suppression and all the rations, you know. <laughs> there is no reason because God said with the abundance of grace upon spiritual blessing. Favor upon favor. Because from the fullness of Christ himself, you have received. Oh, this is so powerful. Now, we must understand the difference between the law and the grace. The law talked about earning, working for something. There is nothing, if you're going to be accepted before God, you must carry a number of goats and bulls. You must live like this. You must do like this. Now, when grace came, God says, no, it is not what you do. It is what I have already done. It is not what you do. It is what I have done. You can never earn your salvation. You can never earn 
acceptance before God. You can never earn God's favor. You can never do so much that God will love you better than he already loves you. He has given you grace. He has said, I have received you the way you are, and I'm giving you everything you need. I have supplied it abundantly. So what is the place of us as children of God? Does that mean that we're supposed to live anyhow? No, 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 no. We are supposed to receive. That grace is not a license to sin. It is the empowerment that helps us to live a victorious life. That's the Bible says that the grace of God has appeared unto all men, teaching us that denying godliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly and godly in this present age. That means there is enough grace for you to live in whatever temptations that you face. There is enough grace for you to overcome every challenge that will ever come your way. There is enough grace for you to overcome in the season like this where there is darkness all over the earth. You will prosper. It is grace that caused Isaac to sow in the land of famine and still reap a hundredfold it is grace that caused Daniel and Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego in the land of Babylon which had idols for them to live for God. It is grace that will preserve you even when the generation is running morally bankrupt. It is the grace of God that will preserve you in the face of the temptation that challenges. Somebody said grace upon grace. Hallelujah. We have received of his fullness because of the cross of Jesus Christ we are not under the law we are not under the law that's why the Bible says let no man judge you glory to God let's look at this scripture Colossians says you know there's some people who say oh you know now I have to I, I, I know there is grace but you see I've not been I've not been praying on Saturday I, you know I've not been doing this let's look at this Anything that was in the law was just a shadow of Jesus Christ. It was pointing to Jesus Christ. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 16 says this, Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink. They both say, oh, because you eat meat or because you do this, you're not going to go to heaven. The Bible says, let no man what? Judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of a holiday or of the new moon or of the Sabbath days which are a shadow of things to come, but the body is of Christ. Let no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary humility and worshiping of angels, intruding into those things she has not yet seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. Glory to God. So we have read, let no man judge you because of even the Sabbath or the new moon. All these were a shadow of things to come. Number three, so number, number, number one, we said sin was exchanged for righteousness. Number two, death was exchanged for life. Number three, the law was exchanged with grace. And then number five, judgment or condemnation was exchanged for justification. Hallelujah. One of the things that came with the law was judgment, was condemnation. People were told, because you have not done A, B, C, D, you have been condemned to hell. But when we receive Christ because of the cross, the Bible says now there is no more condemnation. The word justification means just as if you had not sinned. 
We have talked about justification. It don't matter. That's why God says, even if your sins are as red as crimson. You know, that's good news, especially when you know where God has brought you from. You will thank God for justification. Hallelujah. You will thank God that God does not hold anything against you. The devil will try to remind you of the past. I like what someone says. Every time the devil reminds you of the past, remind him of his future. Glory to God. <laughs> Just remind him that he's going to, 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 to burn in hell forever. Yeah, but, but you see, God does not hold anything against you. Because of the blood. That's the power of the cross. Glory to God. That at the cross of Jesus Christ, everything was buried. Condemnation was taken out from you. I want us to read Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 and verse 1. Oh, I'm feeling the presence of God. Somebody's being delivered from condemnation. Somebody's being delivered from guilt. Someone is being delivered from shame. People have told you that because you did this and this, you cannot be successful in life. People have said, oh, there are curses that are following you because of what you did. No, no, no. When you are in Christ, that power of condemnation, that power is, is, is broken in Jesus' mighty name. Romans chapter 8 and verse 31. We're going to read a few verses here. It says, what shall we say about all these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Who can be our foe if God is on our side? He that spared not his son but delivered him up for us all, shall he not with us, with him also freely give us all things? The Bible says, verse 33, Who shall lay anything, anything to the church of God's elect? It is God who justifies. Let me read another version. It says, who shall bring any charge against God's elect? When it is God who justifies. In other words, he's the one who puts us in right relation with him. Who shall come forward and accuse or impeach those whom God has chosen? Will God who acquits us? In other words, in the courts of heaven... There is no force of evil that can accuse you. In the name of Jesus, I silence every voice of the accuser in your life. I silence every voice of condemnation in your life. I silence every voice that has been telling you you are not worthy. You cannot make it. You are, you, you, you are condemned to a life of, of lack of peace. God, if God can change Paul who was a murderer and make him the greatest apostle. If God can raise men like Moses who are murderers and God uses them to be the greatest prophets. I declare unto your life that you have a great future in Jesus Christ. I said you have a great destiny in Jesus Christ. God is going to use you to turn around nations in Jesus' name. God is going to use you to turn around people because God does not condemn you. Every voice of condemnation is not from God. It is from the pit of hell. Every voice of accusation, it is not from God. It is from the pit of hell. And in the name of Jesus, God does not condemn you. That's what the Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 8 and verse 1. Therefore now there is no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. 
For the law of the Spirit in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Oh, I love this word. You see, sin is a law. It is a law that operates the moment you're under the dominion of sin. Then curses begin to operate in your life. Then distress begins to come. But there is a law that is higher. Glory to God. You see, there is a law of gravity. But planes still fly. Why? Because the planes are using the law of aerodynamics. And the law of aerodynamics goes beyond the law of gravity. The law of gravity says everything that goes up must come down. The law of aerodynamics says that you can actually go above the wind. You can use the wind and break through that force. I declare upon you in Jesus' name that you're operating in a law that is greater than the law of sin, that is greater than the law of death. Because of the cross of Jesus Christ, there is a law of the spirit of life. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. When the cross, at the cross, Jesus introduced the law called the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. That is the law that you're operating in. That's why I came to speak to you, to declare upon you that every curse, every pattern that was running in your family does not have power over you. It does not have power over you. I don't know who I'm speaking to. You will not die of cancer because somebody in your family died of cancer. You will not die of disease, whatever disease, anything that has been running in your DNA. I cancel it right now in the mighty name of Jesus because of the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. It has set us free. Someone say it has set me free. I am not under condemnation. I am not under condemnation. I am not under condemnation. Therefore now there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That, my friend, happened at the cross. That was an exchange. Number five, at the cross, Jesus took away your sicknesses. He took away your infirmities. He took away your diseases and gave you health. Someone say health. Health, about just Christ said, healing is the children's bread. In fact, we are living in a time where Christians... You know, tell them God wants to heal you. They, they don't believe in miracles. They don't believe in healing. In fact, many people, I read somewhere, they said a lot of people are preaching healing until Corona came. Now they are so scared of Corona, they don't even know that God heals even Corona. He heals even AIDS. He heals even cancer. What am I trying to say? There is the power of the cross. The power of those stripes that were on the back of Jesus Christ is still available today to heal every disease. Oh, I should have had an amen. I say that power is still available to heal every disease. At the cross, let's go to Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53, I say that every altar is a place of exchange. There is no altar unless it is dormant. But the cross is not dormant. The cross is still at work. I say the cross is still working. The cross, 2,000 years later, it is as powerful as it was when the Son of God was laid on it. Isaiah 53, 
verse, verse 3 says, He was despised and, and rejected and forsaken by men, a man of sorrows and pains, acquainted with grief and sickness, like one who, from whom men hide their faces, he was despised. We not appreciate his worth, nor did we esteem and have any esteem for him. Surely he has borne our griefs. Now, in the Amplified, the word griefs is sicknesses, weaknesses, and distresses. Glory to God. So in his own body, Jesus Christ bore every sickness that will ever be. You know, this COVID is here today. Tomorrow, another disease will come with a different name. Tomorrow, another virus will come, another bacteria, whatever it is. But everything that is called disease and infirmity, Jesus took it in his body. Now, I need you to have a revelation of that. Because the Bible says, by his stripes we are healed. That means in the body of Jesus Christ, every disease that can ever come upon men, that includes sugar diabetes, it includes high blood pressure, it includes, uh, you know, uh, AIDS, it includes cancer, it includes, you know, all kinds of diseases. There, there are some diseases that we've never even heard of. I remember one time I was preaching, I, was, I hadn't even started preaching. We had done a healing service in, in, in some place, not in Kenya, some other country. And when we were still doing praise and worship, there was somebody who was just parking their car in the parking lot and the power of God found them where they were in the parking lot and she was instantly healed. So when, when the time came for us to give testimonies, I called forward people. I said, are there people who have been healed? This woman comes forward, uh, a, a middle-aged um, white lady. She walks forward and says, I had something called MS. I'd never heard of a disease called MS. Multiple sclerosis, something like that. And says, I had, I had so much pain. And, and I just heard of this meeting, and as I was coming in, the power of God hit me, and that disease is gone out of my body. I came to declare, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The God who raised the dead, the God who did miracles, still does miracles today. Glory to God. So whatever disease you have, whatever name it has, whatever name the doctors have called it, the doctors may even have given up on you. I've seen that happen. I've, I've mentioned this testimony many, many times of a lady that had been sent home to die. And the doctors had given her two months. And I remember walking into that room because she had stage four cancer. And I, and I shared with her the word of God which says, with, with man this may be impossible. But with God nothing shall be impossible. And this woman called Noella, God's power touched her. She went back to the doctors. The doctors could not believe the report that she was completely cancer free. There is nothing too hard for our God. Glory to God. So Jesus exchanged our and he gave us health. Oh hallelujah. Verse 5 says um, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our guilt and iniquities. The chastisement needful to obtain peace and well-being was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed and made whole. 
Finally, I'm going to talk about the exchange that came upon the cross. And I want us to go to the book of 1 Corinthians. Hallelujah. As we bring this to a close, the, the cross, the cross has power. I say the cross has power. There is so much power in the cross of Calvary. I mean, they are, they are, I've not exhausted the list of things that were finished at the cross. I've not exhausted the things that Christ did. Hallelujah. He did so much at the cross. Second Corinthians, sorry, chapter 8. Hallelujah. And verse 9. It says, for you know the grace. We talked about grace upon grace. So when we talk about healing, that's a grace. When we talk about life, that's a grace. Amen? But I also want to talk about the grace of prosperity. The grace of, of God taking us out of lack. Out of poverty. Because as a church, we need to understand that the God that we serve owns the silver and the gold the cut on a thousand hills belong to him this earth and the fullness through this scripture the Bible says 8 and verse 9 for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich yet for your sakes he became poor that you through his poverty might be rich amen Let, let's read that again so that you you really get understanding of this says for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich yet for your sakes he became poor that you through his poverty might become rich now let me read in the amplified because sometimes we think that when we talk about poverty we're talking about humility those are two different words People say, oh, no, no, preachers are supposed to talk about prosperity because these are the things of the world. But we also understand that this world belongs to God. And as a matter of fact, what we think is so big on earth, in heaven it is nothing. That's why gold is used for the streets. Save the streets with, with gold and all the precious metals. And so we should never think that these things are too wonderful. What we just need to do is to follow God. The Bible says if we seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things will be added to us. And so I want you to know that as a child of God, you have been destined to have wealth. You have been destined to have riches. Not so you can spend them on yourself. No, 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 no. That you may be able to fulfill every good work. Let me read the Amplified. That says, for you are becoming progressively acquainted with and recognizing most strongly and clearly the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, his kindness and his gracious generosity. Our God is a generous God. Someone say amen. Our God is a gracious God. Our God is a faithful God. I can testify about that. The Bible says, his undeserved favor and spiritual blessing in that though he was so very rich so god came jesus christ came from heaven where there is no lack where there is no scarcity but he chose to be become poor 
And Bible says this, that though he was very rich, yet for your sakes he became so very poor, in order that by his poverty you might become enriched, abundantly supplied. I pray that this shall, shall be your portion in Jesus' mighty name. That you will stand like David and say, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd, I have no need of anything. You speak like David and say, I was young and now I am old. Yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken. No, there are children begging bread. You stand and speak like Paul said that... In the book of, 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 of 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 8, I also want to read this. It says, God is able to make all grace. Someone say grace. Which means every favor and earthly blessing. Remember, in heaven, you're not going to need houses and lands and cars and, and, and all these monies because you will not need it. That is needed here on earth. And we need these resources to build the kingdom of God, to, 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 to reach the world. That's why God is going to bless. As long as your heart is not after these things, but after the kingdom of God, I declare, may you be blessed in Jesus' name. May you be abundantly supplied. May you have everything. Bible says God is able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing come to you in abundance so that you may always and under all circumstances and whatever the need be self-sufficient possessing enough to require no aid or support. Oh glory to God. And furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. So God exchanged our poverty for his riches. Someone said poverty for riches. So as I finish, let me go through these things again. Number one, he exchanged, he gave us righteousness for sin. Number two, he gave us life for death. Number three, he gave us grace for the law. Number four, he gave us justification for where there was condemnation. Number five, he gave us health where there was sickness and disease and finally he exchanged his riches for our poverty we are going to pray as we come to an end and i want you to know that because of the cross it was an altar for your exchange refuse to live under the burden of sin refuse to live under the burden of sickness refuse to live under the oppression of condemnation begin to declare you know it has to begin in your mind it has to begin in your mind let me let me ask the worship team just to come back and help me it has to begin in your mind you have to begin to declare and, and begin to declare that because of the cross I refuse to remain under bondage. I refuse to remain under the, the captivity of darkness. I refuse. You have to, to. It's a fight, brother. It's a fight, sister. There is nothing that will just come to you without a fight. You've got to exercise your authority as a child of God and say, I did not know that I don't have to live under sin. I did not know I don't have to live under condemnation. I did not know that there's so much grace that has been released to me. Grace upon grace. Blessed assurance.
the message is brought to you from Impact Church, located along Parker Road at Polvi House, third floor, Westlands, Nairobi. Our vision is to be a church for those tired of business as usual. You can contact us on plus 254-710-640-240. For further details, visit our social media pages, Impact Church KE1. The kingdom of God is not a matter of words, but power. Thank you.